shake its tail feather, darlings. <clears throat> Welcome to episode 29 of the Mutant Musings Podcast. It's the beginning of August, so we'll be discussing some new comics and some news. I'm your host, Jonathan, and with me as always is the prettiest head in a jar. Heavy. Here's your friendly reminder that you can leave us a comment on geekade.com or One Million to Save Wolverine and the X-Men on Facebook. Leave us some feedback on iTunes and follow us on Instagram at mutant underscore musings underscore podcast. Don't hesitate to reach out to us with questions, complaints, gifts, money, pizza, fist bumps, or just a couple of kind words. And shout out to Yeah But What for actually sending me pizza emojis when I was up late editing. And speaking of words, we tend to use naughty language on this podcast. So here's your explicit content warning. Uh, We usually know what's going in our mouths, but there's no way for anyone to know what's going to come out of them. So, listener, beware. Right. Right. Thanks for being supportive. Fuck. Right. Okay, there's that, too. <laughs> that, that can go in and out of the mouth. That, that can. It's very verse. So, how are you doing? I'm okay. Yeah? Are you, uh, <laughs> how, how are you doing? I'm pumped. I'm always pumped. Pump up the jams. Right. Pump up the jams. I'm pumped for that, um, Pusheen Kigurumi. Did you try it on? No, I didn't try it on. I told you I, to try it on in front of you. I bought... Um, we're going to another convention, another anime convention in like two weeks. And, uh, I found out from a friend that they are doing a My Hero Academia pajama party meetup. So I just like kicked my ass into high gear and decided, you know what? My 34 year old boyfriend needs a Pusheen Kigurumi. Yeah. And... I tried getting one of a cockatiel or a cockatoo, but they don't have either. The only birds that no I cock. saw, no cock. No cock. They're there's not selling no, any cock. There's, there's no cock. And you know what? I'm sometimes not, sometimes you need it. I'm not complaining that they're not selling <laughs> you the cock. Why why buy the cock when you can get it for free? Exactly. <laughs> uh, so I got, a, I got a budgie one, but the thing is it's great because – that's for the character present, Mike. But also, it is yellow and green, and I am going to do the fuck out of a photo shoot of Gene Phoenix as Budgie. <laughs> I am fire and life incarnate. I am Budgie. budgie. Yeah, Budgie. <laughs> I didn't even know that was a bird. I had no idea. I knew that it was a band. Uh, Metallica covered a song by this band, apparently, that was named Budgie. I didn't know that it was a bird. So, so now I know. Um, I am not against wearing a Pusheen Kigurumi. I've never worn a Kigurumi before. They look fantastic. Uh, I love Pusheen before I even knew what Pusheen was. So I'm kind of excited to be to be wearing this thing. Um, I have a Pusheen pencil case that Patty got me a few years ago for Valentine's Day that I have <laughs> not used for pencils. Uh, I have used it for flashcards because I make flashcards for, for classes so I can study. And so it was my flashcard holder. And some of my coworkers comment that commented that towards the end of the semester, Pasheen would get fatter. He needs to lose some weight. Yeah, but don't fat shame him. <laughs> uh, okay, so uh, so we've got a bunch of comics that we're going to be talking about, and we're going to start off with one that is ending, and that is Cable number one fifty nine, the final issue of this volume. And we finally got our questions answered, and I really liked this issue. But I like Cable a bit less. Could um, you? Could you? Did you have enough room in your heart to love Cable less? <laughs> what? 
I'm not a cable hater like you. He comes okay. from my generation, which is the '90s generation. <laughs> my, 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 no, wait. That's my Sharona. That's my Sharona. How does cable you, is how not does my generation? Cable is not that's my a Sharona, song, right? Nor is he your Sharona. Yeah, yeah, I'm my generation. About my generation. generation. Yeah, that's, yeah the, okay. that's the Who. I'm but, certain um, that's the Who, which is the name of the band. I Who? <laughs> yes. I'm. I'm. Yes is another you. band. Oh man. What about No? No. Is there a band called No? No. Oh, okay. I'm clearly, I'm clearly already losing my shit. Like five minutes into this, so this is gonna be fascinating. <laughs> All right. Um, yeah, no, I, I, I'm fine with with Cable. I've never, I've never loved the guy, but I don't hate him like you do. But uh, I don't hate him. He's just there. <laughs> so you know, this started out fine. You know, mom and mom and dad, uh, Red and Slim. Which are, are great nicknames, by the way. Like, who the fuck could they be? Uh, Red and Slim don't want little Nathan to have any friends. And so, okay. But he hears them talking and runs away. That just, like, reminded me of, like, an episode of Full House or something. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, DJ would, like, hear that and be like, well, darling, you're ugly. You know what I mean? Like, of course you're not going to have any friends. And then the message of the whole fucking episode is, like, you know, love your ugly neighbors. <laughs> right? Am I right? So the the... They showed, um, you know, little little cable uh, mm-hmm. walking around town with uh, some buds, and you know his buds were talking about like, uh, you know, how bad mutants are and stuff. No. and they're just like, <laughs> no. One of the ki- one of the kids was like moonbeams out of his eyes or some <laughs> shit like that. So moonbeam is the name of again. We're gonna bring it back to to an old music reference here. Moonbeam is the name of one of Frank Zappa's kids. Uh, Frank Zappa, famous musician, died, I think, in the 90s or something. Doing acid? I don't know. But, uh, yeah, Moonbeam. No, because all of his kids have fucked up names. Or at least two of them do. There's Moonbeam and there's Dweezil. <laughs> <laughs> that, that right there, Dweezil? Dweezil? You can't, okay. Listen. You can't be called Dweezil and not be an intravenous drug user. Look, look, real time. Dweezil. So there, there's, there's Dweezil Zappa. Yeah, he's definitely uh, injected heroin. <laughs> you like that little heroin fro on him? I do. Yeah. All right. So yeah. So also, okay. So here's also, the thing. that sounds like a Pokemon. So cause what? Because it's, it's like Sneasel. The heroin fro? <laughs> Dweezel. Is that a fairy type? You think a her- you think a heroin fro would be a fairy <laughs> type of Pokemon? I think so. <laughs> but anyway, all right. So back to Moonbeam. So here's another thing about Moonbeam that you guys maybe didn't know. So I'm sure that you've all heard of Ecstatics, you know, the Peter Milligan, Mike Allred jam that came out a long time ago. Uh, Dead Girl, one of the characters, her real name is Moonbeam. And you can go read my article about her that I did a couple of years ago. Okay. Uh, so, okay. So, the, so no friends for Cable. So no friends for Cable. So he runs away and he's crying and he's in the woods. And I really like this. It was like maybe like a page or so but it was like all creepy and like cliche horror movie but i thought the art was really good you know he's sitting by himself in the woods and you see the fucking supposed to be metis kind of like haunting and like you know it's just like around like his back and he can't see and then the fucking kid the one kid that seemed like he was trying to stick by nathan comes and talks to him and gets hit with Cable's uh, T.O. virus, right? Yeah, because he was trying to show off that he is a mutant, too. And so that, but that's how we get Metis. So, yeah. like, that's, that's Metis. It's, I thought Metis was the kid. 
Yeah, that's what I'm saying. That that's him. That's him. But like this this evil thing that has been chasing Cable around all this fucking time is the friend infected with the TO with Cable's TO virus. And it was kind of sad. I wasn't really expecting that. Um, but it was gross and it was creepy and again, very like a much like a horror movie. But then Red and Slim show up and Slim shoots him with an optic blast. And then fucking Nathan just lies and says, oh, that was an assassin from Apocalypse. Yeah, I don't understand. Like, why? Because he's a kid and kids are fucking terrible. Why don't you just say, like, dad, that's my friend. We need to help him. No. No, let's kill him. Right. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) No, because he didn't want to be found out. He didn't want to, I don't know, get in trouble for anything. That's what fucking kids do. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, yeah. So he lied and then, you know... This kid, Midas, runs home. His dad cuts him. The fucking villagers are chasing him with torches. And, like, you can't... Yeah, because he can't, like, hide this Yeah, this mutation. Yeah. You can't... Like, you can't help but feel bad for this kid. And then we cut into the present time. And, like, Cable and Hope, like, take the virus out of him. (laughs) And then Cable coughs up a hairball, basically. And then fucking everything's okay. And then Cable just takes him to the fucking... the, The fucking school in Central Park. Like, everything's going to be all right. This kid missed out on his entire life, his family, what his life could have been. I guess it'll pick up, like, where he left off. But still, like, this isn't his world. This, like, he didn't fucking deserve this. And it's kind of nice to see Cable, like, want to be responsible for the kid and get him into the school and help him. But, like, is anybody else going to find out? Is Cable going to be like, yeah, I just fucked up this kid's entire existence, but sorry. I mean, okay, so that's, like, what we were saying a few episodes ago, or uh, last one, I don't remember. Uh, the one with, it was a crossover with X-Force, and uh, we yeah. were just saying that basically, like, Cable needs to learn how to communicate, he needs to go to therapy, <laughs> yeah. and talk about his feelings, and, you know, tell tell the truth. <laughs> and I feel like that's kind of an ongoing theme here. I am interested in what happens, I mean, Honestly, if that was, like, my dad's reaction, I would be a little PO'd, too, and I would not want to have anything to do with him. So, I mean, honestly, he would be getting a way better life in this timeline than the one that he was born into. So, like, in the end, Cable did end up helping him. It's not like he brought him back to this weird, fucked up timeline where, like... Apocalypse rules Yeah, apocalypse rules and mutants are, like, illegal... And everybody's, like, throwing tomatoes at him and trying to kill him. So, uh, I feel like, feel like they're pretty, uh, they're pretty level. Yeah, but, I mean, I feel like, you know, the kid didn't get, even get a say in the matter. You know what I mean? Like, it's just, it seems kind of fucked up to me. You know, it's just, it's, it's messed up. And at the end of the day, Cable's just, like, taking responsibility in a roundabout way. You know, like, he wants to make sure that the kid is okay, but is he, like I said before, is he going to tell anybody about this? He's just going to be like, look at this kid that I found. Yeah, right? Like, oh, he was just hanging out in the park and he didn't look so good. So, like, I I don't know. I don't know. Where do the lies end, Cable? Like a a worse version of Wolverine where, you know, Wolverine's like, I got to go out on my own and solve my own problems and not talk to anybody and not tell (laughs) anybody what's going on in my life. So, you know, when, like, the hand comes and attacks the school, like, they don't know what's going on. Like, what did we do? It's like, Wolverine, what did you do? I don't know. I threw a beer bottle at someone. <laughs> Guess they must have found us. 
But, um, like, Cable isn't as hot, so, you know, he doesn't get away with that. That's, like... Bullshit! Like that is so ageist. Just because he has fucking gray hair and he looks like a grandpa? Listen, you know who else has gray hair? Anderson Cooper. And Anderson Cooper is hot. He's gay. But I'm he don't, saying he, that... He don't, he don't want any, he don't want any, any of you. <laughs> and I'm sorry to say that, but it's so bluntly. But, I mean, if that's the cock that you're looking for online, <laughs> you ain't gonna get it. Yeah, <laughs> um, what my point was that... <laughs> Older men with gray hair can be hot. <laughs> okay. But, but gay. <laughs> what? Uh, okay. So anyway, uh, I thought this was a great ending for the most part. I'm kind of upset that this, that this series is over now. Um, they are absolutely going to forget the fuck out of this character. It's never really going upsetting. to show up again. I know, we're never going to see Midas again. But uh, there you go. Uh, so next up, we're going to be talking about X-23, number two. Again, there's, there's great art. And, uh, Sophie's dead again, and her dead body looks really fucking disturbing, but I'm just wondering, like, okay, so the cuckoos know something is wrong, and they're, like, rushing to this abandoned church, but, like, how did Esme keep her motivation and her actions shielded from the rest of them? You know, they are the five-in-one, or four-in-one now, technically, so, yeah, I kinda, I kinda thought that that was a little weird. But it was an interesting opening, and it got even better, because then we see we see the cuckoos stop by the school. We see an ex-cow. There is a cow dressed in an original X-Men uniform. And it's even covering the udders. Which I don't know how I feel about that. Because don't they're, they... They're nipples. Yeah, but don't they need those things out? I mean, aren't we all about free the nip? That's part of what we're <laughs> about, right? Uh, <laughs> do you know that I looked up like why they take the horns off the goats and it it said um you know because like the goats that we saw they didn't have horns okay so i looked it up and i looked it up to see if it was bad and there were mixed reviews but um their their horns are like a source of heat regulation okay so it's like their balls they're basically their balls are in their horns yes so basically (laughs) you're castrating them by taking off their horns Yes, but... Oh, when they ram each other, they're ramming each other with their balls. That's not <laughs> right. They should get helmets. Like, or at least a cup or something. You know what I mean? Called... But what, a, what... Why? What is it... What, so what does don't... it have to do with X-Cow? Oh, I was talking <laughs> about heat regulation. And also, cows have horns. <laughs> <laughs> what about the lady cows with the udders? Do they get horns, too? I don't think they do. I don't think they get horns. Oh, my God. What the fuck? Oh, those are some horns. All dairy cattle grow horns. Do does have horns? <laughs> I think that's supposed to be does, but it says do does have horns. <laughs> can, can you milk a milk cow? <laughs> oh man. I have nipples, Greg. Can you milk me? <laughs> you like that? I'm glad you like that. That was my Robert oh De Niro my impression. God. Right? Don't I sound just like him? Yes. Um, okay, so there's X cow. So I don't I don't know what that's about. So we'll but, uh, move past the udders. <laughs> all right. So yeah, let's let's move on. <laughs> all right. So uh, so so Laura visits some fucking creepy doctor, and he says that you know Doctor Marks, that's a lady that's been missing. She was working on mutants and the immune system. So you kind of think that that's probably why the cuckoos wanted her, so they could actually probably build up like their dead sister's immune system, so they don't fucking die. But uh, I caught this too. 
they mentioned uh, 143, and I'm like, you know, a lot of times writers will throw in, like, little Easter eggs as a reference to something else. So I'm thinking, like, in the second X-Men movie, I think Jason Stryker, you know, who's supposed to be Mastermind, that uh, he was called Mutant 143. Probably nobody cares, you but... You remember that? Yeah. Okay. I remember all kinds of shit like that, too. There was, uh... I don't know. There was some issue I read, like, a long fucking time ago. The Punisher was in the issue. I saw, like, the number 1974, and I'm like, that's the year Punisher came out. So, yeah, those are just little things that I get. So, they were trying to... They were trying to track the cuckoos, and they left this... Okay, so it was like a Fitbit... It yeah. was called Fit Fan Fit <laughs> Fit Fat Foom. That's wonderful. Which is the best thing I've ever heard of. <laughs> and hope. they left like the GPS on. Right. So Laura was like, Okay, I'm going to I'm gonna go there and explore it. Gabby, you stay here. Yeah. As as we've touched on before, Gabby does not ever stay here. No. So I don't know why we're gonna keep trying it. But the cuckoos actually called Gabby there. They texted her. Yeah. And Laura was like, Gabby, what the fuck are you doing here? Did you follow me? And Gabby was like, no, you texted me. Yeah. And I was like, what's happening? So this was, yeah. So this was all part of the plan. Because I'm like, this seems too stupid. Like, okay, so the Fit Fat Foom watch obviously has GPS. You would think that the cuckoos would think to turn this thing off. So it's, you know, obvious by the end of the issue, you realize that that's part of the plan. But I'm like... It's a trap. Right, but like, why? Why are the cuckoos being so evil? It's so upsetting. Because I like them. You know, like, people... It's just like all of a sudden, I guess, because, uh, like, you know, Emma had been evil. Yes. Then they're, like, kind of just taking after her. Right. That's really upsetting. Because there are a lot of people who are upset about Emma Frost's treatment, like character assassination. And it looks like they're trying to do the same thing to the Cuckoos. I think this is an interesting story. Uh, I really am excited to see how it plays out. But no matter how it goes down, I think that the Cuckoos are getting thrown under, under the bus here. Because um, they fucking kidnap Gabby. You know, this issue didn't progress the story too much. Except that Laura is on to them now. But, like, I'm just really not happy that fucking Sophie got killed off, that they're acting so evil. And yeah, I'm just I'm just upset. I don't want to see bad things happen to them. I, I, I don't know. I, I like the Cuckoos. I don't want to see their characters assassinated. I mean, in The Gifted, I really, really like them. Um, oh, yeah. Even though I think oh, that God. the eye effect is, like, really weird. Oh, I love it. Like, it looks cheap. I, I really love them in The Gifted. They're fantastic. Uh, in this, obviously, not as much. Because I am a huge fan of X-23 and Gabby, so I'm a little upset, uh, but I mean, I don't think anything's going to happen to either of them, especially not in the second issue, no. or the third issue, or whatever. No. No. I'm just scared. Yeah, no, they're going to they're gonna be fine. Uh, I have a feeling, though, that, like, you know, maybe what could happen is that, you know, Laura and Gabby just find out that they're just, like, trying to, like, save their sisters somehow and get them back, and then we kind of, like feel sympathetic towards them because Laura and Gabby are going to feel sympathetic towards them. Again, this is a communication issue. They can just tell them, hey, we need some of your DNA to fix our sister. Right. But then the issue would be over. Right. Right. And then they would That's why I'm not a writer. Anymore. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So, yes, yeah, so this is a pretty good issue. Like I said, didn't progress the story too much. I'm still excited to see where it goes, even though I'm worried about the cuckoos at this point. All right. So next we've got Multiple Man number two. And it starts out really stupid because they're talking more time travel nonsense. 
And so, like, Beast is trying to bring up the implications of time travel. And literally, fucking old man Madrox farts at Beast for trying to, like, talk about it. It's like... And Bishop is just like, here you go. Use this if you need to. Uh, Yeah, but then, like, the Madroxes just leave. Like, it's like, alright. So, like, after the 05 came back, this is what Beast should have done. Like, when everybody was like, what did you do? Why did you bring the kids back here? Beast should have just been like, oh, hang on. Let's just talk about... And just fucking, like, left the room. Like, what would any of the X-Men say to that? You know what I mean? It's like, oh, look what you did by bringing these kids. Oh, hey, Scott, I have an idea. You know? Just walk away. Walk away. Like, I don't know. That was that was perfectly fitting. Perfectly fitting for this. But, um, anyway. I thought that this was weird, though. Like, why is Jamie Madrox a fucking evil overlord? So, like, he can make duplicates of himself, but that means that, like, he has to have this evil army it was just yeah, so thought, fucking weird i thought it was really weird too and they didn't explain it like at all no at first there was like some kid who said something to the main dupe who's who were following around yeah and like the cops came by yeah. and he was like oh just just it's fine just leave him alone and they're like oh it's you yeah and then like, they apologize yeah he meets this kid, well, gets kind of recruited by this kid who's like, oh, do you want to come to the resistance? You're one of the good ones. And it's basically just like this basement and they have like a poster that says <laughs> the resistance. <laughs> that was pretty funny. And it's just the two kids. <clears throat> yeah, it was two kids. Uh, one of them was wearing a Wheeler Cheney shirt, which I really loved. I mean, at some point the kid was explaining to him like, Oh, you know, you have, like, uh, you make all these dupes, and you know some of them are going to be stupid, some of them are going to be smart, some of them are going to be good, some are going to be... Whatever. So I guess that was kind of all of the explanation that we got, at least so far. So far, yeah. I hope that they touch on it more than that, because that'd be really disappointing. Yeah, no, really. It's just like, oh, somehow (laughs) Madrex got into power. Yeah, because he's evil. evil. Just because he's the evil one. What? It doesn't it doesn't make any sense, but Jamie was like, Is this it? And he was like, No, we have like fifteen people and then the rest of them are just like fucking other dupes. Yeah, they're just it's like it's just like this miniature army of Madrox dupes who are all dressed the same. And I guess that's why the uh the actual like evil dupes on the outside thought that like this was actually the evil overlord one because he's dressed like normal, you know? He doesn't have the classic original suit on. But still, so, yeah, you know, I, I hope they explain it a little bit more, too. Like, I believe that there's, you know, evil Madrox, and that's fine. Just because you're evil doesn't mean you get to take over the world. So I'm, I'm really curious to see how that happens. But when we learn this kid's name, I'm like, okay, so Davey Miller. So obviously he's got to be fucking related to... The Davey Miller band. <laughs> <What>? <laughs> you mean the Steve Miller band? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, look at you doing a music reference. Yeah. Sort of. Yeah. <laughs> so that's why I said he's related. He's uh-huh. related because he's like, he's like it. He's the Davy Miller band, not uh-huh. the Steve Miller band. His dad's Steve Miller. Yeah. Right? yeah. His uh-huh. dad is Steve. That's what that means. You know it's no- Steve. It's got nothing to do with Layla Miller. It's Steve. <laughs> <laughs> Steve Miller. Never mind. All right. Uh-huh. <laughs> So yeah, so after after we see Davy Miller, I'm like, all right, when is Layla gonna show up? And she shows up immediately, and just all she does is just yell at Jamie's dupe, and then like storms out. Like, listen, lady, like you have powers. 
you're a strong-willed woman. You can fucking do something, too, instead of just, like, yell at this man, yell at your kid, and then storm out of the room. I was honestly kind of upset about that. I don't even like Layla Miller, and I was upset about that. You know what I mean? And then just kind of like, I'm sure she'll turn up again. But for the purposes of this issue, it was kind of stupid. Yeah, I didn't I didn't like that. I liked her introduction, but I don't like, uh, you know, her reaction. She was just like, oh, you're just another stupid fucking clone. Yeah. And I was like, wow, okay, ouch. Yeah. Um, also, uh, Jamie took a shower and he's just wearing a towel. Yeah, that and was And he's funny. just walking around naked. Yeah. <laughs> well, but I mean, what are you going to do? But uh, I love this. Forge is like a cyborg. And his fucking, what, his head is in a jar. Yeah, he's like from Futurama. Yeah, he's just like this this floating head in a jar with this fucking machine around him. So I thought that was kind of funny. It's like... But, the, like, this issue is just so silly, and I'm sure that's what it's supposed to be. Like, that's the theme they're going for. You know, it's like, this Madrox is just so, like, calm and cool and, like, aloof and dry about everything. It's like, all right, so this 15-year-old's gonna help save the world. Yeah, we have 11 people in our army. All right, there's a floating head in a jar. Sure, we got this. Name him Forge. Let's go. I don't know. It was just, it's, it's, it's weird. I don't know. Madrox talks some nonsense around Forge's head. It didn't really make any sense, and Forge just seems to go along with it. But then, like, the team comes out to face this Madrox army, and the fucking Hulk Drox explodes. And then this main Madrox stoop just gives up and, like, walks away. And, like, that's the cliffhanger of the issue. Like, give us something more, you know what I mean? Especially for a miniseries. Like, there's not a whole lot for you to go on. This wasn't a They're great... They're taking their time. I know, but, like... You can't. But, like, yeah, exactly. You When it's a miniseries, like, you're relying, especially in a miniseries, you're relying on cliffhangers. Him walking away and just being like, oh, well, that's it. This is over. You know, this was a fun issue for the most part. It was very silly and weird, kind of like the first issue, but it was fun. But I really didn't like this cliffhanger. It seems stupid at the end of this issue. So, uh, something that I wanted to mention briefly is, because Jonathan and I are uh, going through Alpha Flight now, there is a character who is similar to Multiple Man. Oh, God. Um, He's part of Gamma Flight. Wait, is no, it Gamma Omega or Omega Flight. Flight? Yeah, he's part of Omega Flight. Yeah. Um, Which is members of... Former members. Former members <laughs> of Beta and Gamma, Gamma Flight. Right. Or something. Whatever. So what do you remember what this guy's name is? Yeah, flashback. Oh, there's no picture. Good yeah, go to pictures. <clears throat> this guy. Yeah. That guy. Okay. Flashback. Okay. So his name is Flashback. Basically he can um <laughs> stupid. He can make he can make dupes, but they're like from his future. And yeah. Uh, one of the other members of Omega Flight is like, you are so fucking useless. All that you can do <laughs> is make more of you. Yeah. Who can't do anything? And when I was reading this, I was just like, how, how is Multiple Man any better than this? Well, okay. So, I don't know, because Multiple Man can create like a whole bunch of dupes. Yeah, but you know? so could this guy. He could create as many as he wanted. I don't think he can create as many as he wanted. He's only ever showed like doing a couple. And look what happens. Yeah, one of them gets killed, and he basically has a breakdown. Because he's like, I don't know, he's like, I don't know when I'm going to die, but it could be soon, you know? I mean, not that that's much different than life is anyway. <laughs> I mean, really? It's, it's like, oh no, dude, you have to live life, shit. That's 
exactly what I was fucking thinking when I read it. I was like, how is that any fucking different than it was 10 seconds ago? Yeah, no, but the thing is, is about this guy, like, he didn't create, like, 50, he didn't pull out, like, 50 other dudes. It was always just, like, a couple at a time. And he'd always smirk, like, he's so smart and shit. Like, oh, look, look, I've got these two guys but around not me. as smart as smart Alec, am I right? Yeah, there's, <sighs> that's stupid. That's Canadian humor. <laughs> eh. <laughs> yeah, right? So uh, so next up, we're going to talk about uh, X-Men Grand Design Second Genesis, number one. I'm really glad to see that this got released earlier than they anticipated. I was supposed to come out later this year, but months ago, um, it got moved up to the summer. So we got the first issue of it now. And the first thing that we notice is we skip over Deadly Genesis, which I was just thinking about. Uh, yesterday before, yesterday or the day before, before, like, I even read this, I was thinking about Deadly Genesis for some reason, and we kind of skip over it, not really a fan of that, but, of course, there's a possibility that this is gonna come back later to bite Xavier in the ass. I thought Deadly Genesis was supposed to have taken place before the 05. So, no, 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 Deadly Genesis is before all new, all different X-Men, uh, before 1975. Yeah, so, so, the original X-Men and Polaris and Havoc... Go missing, and Xavier recruits this team and sends them out to fucking Krakoa to go save that team. They all get killed. Then Xavier goes and recruits Banshee and Sunfire and Thunderbird okay. and Colossus. But this was just, like, buried in history, you know what I mean? Like, we weren't supposed to know that this happened because Xavier felt responsible because, uh, he was responsible. So I'm thinking that maybe Ed Piscor made, like, a conscious decision to just gloss over this well also it wasn't like it was like written years yeah. after the fact oh yeah no abs absolutely so i'm not trying to give the guy shit i don't think that he did this thinking like oh let's just forget about this or that like he didn't know that this happened or something because the guy has fucking done his research um i just thought it was weird that yeah, it i mean wasn't... you also can't cover every single thing no you can't but this dude does a great job uh, but we'll get to that. The only other, the only thing that I really didn't like in this issue, and this is very small and very nitpicky, is when they mentioned Sunfire being recruited. It's because he wanted to meet Marvel Girl. Yeah, I thought that was really stupid. First of all, they met before, and second, they did? he's yeah, he they they battled, you know, in his uh, first appearance. Oh, right, right, right. right. In, yeah, uh, I forget which issue of X Men was it, but it was in the '60s, and they all battled, and I'm like. He's an angry dude who's not going to be into some American lady. You know what I mean? Like, he doesn't just want to join to meet Marvel Girl. So I thought that that was kind of weird. But again, those are like small little nitpicky gripes. Everything else about this was amazing. I thought it was really interesting how he had the Hellfire Club watching the X-Men for so long. Like, they were putting this big scheme into motion. They were trying to get it um, working for like a long time before they actually did, you know? Um, I thought it was great that after Thunderbird got killed, they had Xavier looking at a picture of him when he was in the Marine. So they actually touched on his Marine status, like in continuity, as opposed to it being shoehorned in years later, which is exactly what happened. We get to see Gene actually die. Like those four panels that of was like, so upsetting, but it was, but it, I know it was, it was like disturbing, but it was amazing to see, you know what I mean? Like her flesh burning off. Ed Piscor is really great at summarizing all of this stuff and kind of just like putting in the things that are going to like come back later. But like, 
you know, the little things that we don't necessarily need to know at this moment, like, you know, you just kind of like... I felt like uh, some of this was a little hard to follow, even though I had read all of these issues. I just, uh, especially like some of the Hellfire stuff, there were, like, I just felt weird because, you know, it was being narrated, but like... I felt like I couldn't always follow what was happening, but like it was, I don't know. It was just confusing and I don't really know how to get like when they were like fighting the Hellfire Club and stuff. I don't know. I just felt like that part was a little hard to follow what was going on, but you know, they touched on um, the introductions of Kitty and the introduction of Dazzler. Yeah. Well with Dazzler, that was, that was cool, but it was also a little weird um, even though I, I kind of, you know, she, she's already got like her mid eighties costume, even though, you know, this happened in 1980 when she was still like disco dazzler. But when she turns down Scott's invitation, you know, she's like, no, thanks, Jack. I'm a rock star. Like she didn't originally look like a rock star, but I don't know. This detail to me wasn't that big of a deal, but I just thought it was funny. So I'm going to draw her like a rock star instead of the disco dazzler. I don't know. Yeah. But like, I feel like, uh, the saying like rock star can be like anything it doesn't like necessarily have to be like, you weren't around for disco you don't know that's true i can imagine that she would have been like i'm shut a- my stupid millennial mouth no, what the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> no i feel like you know if you listen to disco you were proud of it like no thanks baby i'm a disco star you know <laughs> do you do you remember that song that used to be in like mtv commercials and it was like I'm a rock star. No. He's like just this like fat black rap guy. He's just singing I'm a rock star. No. Okay. I'm sorry. I might be making that up. But I don't I don't think I am. I'm gonna I'm gonna look it up. You because... might be making up an MTV commercial and you say you're not creative. Bullshit. Actually it might not have been a commercial, it might have been a music video. I don't know. Either way. It looks like you got more to add to that resume. You're doing commercials and music videos now. <laughs> I'm gonna, I'm gonna ask my brother. He's gonna know what I'm talking about. Okay. All right. So listen. So my favorite, my favorite moment of this entire issue. Tell me. Oh my fucking god. When Mastermind goes and grabs Jean to dance with her, Emma goes up to Scott and is like, "Shake your tail feather," and dances with him. I lost my shit i was cheering louder than i'm cheering right now it was so which is very loud so goddamn happy to see emma dancing with scott and telling him to shake his tail feather there was also a panel with (laughs) wolverine just like staring at gene and he's like that's a girl i could get into what the fuck <laughs> what? I don't feel like that. I'm paraphrasing, happened. but yeah, no. I feel like, like you're making that up. No, like no, you no. made up the commercial. He's like, he's like, that's my kind of girl. Yeah, and then didn't she throw him out a window or something? Wolverine? Yeah, Jean threw him out a window. In when? This issue. In this issue. I don't remember that. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> that's my point. <clears throat> All right. Um, I don't know. So like, he went through like the entirety of like the second half of the Dark Phoenix saga in just like pages, and that's not talking shit because he managed to hit everything that was important you know like i'm so glad that this exists and it's like a really fun ride to look through but at the same time i'm so glad that i've read all of this before you know what i mean like and especially for this guy like this is just 
amazing because you know that he knows this material so fucking well because we have all the credits in the back where he's like, oh yeah, and this happened in Uncanny 127, and this started in 128, and you'll see this again in New Mutant 16. It's like, Jesus fucking Christ, like this guy actually knows his stuff. Like it does, it does gloss over some great moments, you know, like when Cyclops attacks the team, when they're going after Proteus, and when Wolverine single-handedly terrorizes the entire fucking Hellfire Club, that was an amazing issue. Uh, but still, I'm okay with all of it, except for Deadly Genesis, and I'm just hoping we, we get back there in the future. I agree. Uh, I still need to read Deadly Genesis, though. Uh, <laughs> oh, no, really? Yeah, I've never read it. Mm. Um, but, uh, yeah, I mean, I've read through uh, the Phoenix Saga twice now, and it's still kind of confusing, and it was still <laughs> confusing to read it in here. Yeah, no, just like... Like, oh, this is Jean. No, this is Phoenix. Okay, now we're gonna suck the bat out of Jean. Okay, now she's now she's green Phoenix again. But who's in the ocean? We and know who's she, in the ocean. I know, I know. But then there's okay. So, <laughs> so then there was Phoenix, and then there was Jean, the person who was buried in the ocean. And then there was also Madeline Pryor. Mm-hmm. I was. It and was, then there was Jean Phoenix, also known as Genix. Yes. For those of you following best, along at home, best Jean. We're playing Genix. Bex Genix. Best Genixist. <laughs> But you know who is narrating this all, really, right? It's Watu. Yeah, it's the Watcher. Yeah, yeah, it's the what? <laughs> it's, it's, it's the Watcher. So, so earlier, Patty was telling me how she was confused about the narration, and I was like, "It's it's the Watcher. It's the Uwu Watcher. It's the Watcher." And she got so mad at me, and I was like, "And Patty, you know what the Watcher's real name is, right? <laughs> it's it's Uwu Watu." Uwu, you created this monster. I had no idea what the fuck Uwu was until she posted it on Facebook one day, and I actually had to Google it. I didn't know. This just it looked like Uwu, and I'm like Uwu, Uwu Uwatu, Uwatu Wu. I don't. I don't think it works. I don't think it works as much when you say it. No, no, I was. It doesn't. I took. I took screenshots. I was going to post it on Facebook. You should post it on Facebook. Okay. Oh my god, I was. I was laughing so hard at my own jokes earlier, uh. even more than I'm doing now. I was so pleased with myself. All right. Anyway, uh, next up, we got Mr. and Mrs. X number one. So everything starts off, you know, really cute. I'm really glad that they went in depth into their wedding, and it wasn't just like quick shotgun wedding and then like let's move on from there yeah that, same. that was like a lot of this it's issue like, it took place like right after that issue from x-men gold where they decided to get married it's like it starts there like they haven't actually gotten married yet so yeah, it's like we actually get to see like the background before it gets done and yeah. i really appreciated that it gave their marriage more depth you know what i mean because we got to see like some characterization of it, you know? And I really liked, you know, how they have the things for the bride that she needs, like something new, something borrowed, and something blue. And Jubilee is just, like, standing on a table and just screaming, we need something blue! Yeah, Yeah, no, it was was great how how into it everybody was. Because, like, Laura's fixing Gambit's hair, and I guess they kind of insinuate that Bling makes the rings, which I thought was great. You could tell that Rogue is looking for something to use for sexy time, even though they don't get into it right away. I don't, I don't know. It's uh, but at the same time, it was kind of upsetting because it's a it's a power dampener. You know what I mean? 
and like beast yeah and she was like complaining about the design that it wasn't very like fashionable <laughs> yeah i really liked this uh for something blue this woman just like you know stood up and like was changing back into mystique and i was just like well what the fuck kurt is right there that's what he said i know and then he said that and i was like okay good and he's like you know i'm blue too and they had like a little cutesy moment and rogue was like you know, I don't know if I should trust you. And Mystique was oh. basically like, well, uh, you know, I'll leave if you want me to, but yes. I really want to be here for you, even no. though I don't support your choice in groom. Too bad. And she said, like, uh, are you sure you don't want me to find you a new groom? And Ugh. Rogue was like, stop it. Yeah. The fucking, <laughs> but, fucking hate Mystique. And I also really liked this one where uh, Bobby was talking to Nightcrawler and Bobby was like, just so you know, I'm not on Rogue's team just because I'm gay and she's the woman. I'm on the I'm on Rogue's team because I don't like Gambit. Right, yeah. And Nightcrawler was like, same. Yeah, <laughs> no, nobody wanted to be on Gambit's team. Yeah, no, I mean I'm I'm honestly I'm kind of happy that Mystique showed up and that they had this little touching moment, even though I hate her. Um I gotta say though, um before we move on though, that I loved the art in this book. Everything looked very cute. It was just but not, like, chibi, kind of, I like... I thought it kind of, like, got, like, too much after a while. You serious? Yeah. No, I loved it. I thought it was I thought it was great. I don't know, so then we move on to sexy time, you know what I mean? Like, that was that was wonderful. Yeah, I'm, they I'm, were, like, in, like, the spaceship or yeah, something. Yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm glad that they got a honeymoon, that they got to, you know, actually have intimate time with each other. And, I still... uh, the, like, everybody was, like, implying that, like, Gambit wasn't going to have you know, plans a good um, honeymoon. honeymoon. Yeah, no, Jubilee said that. Yeah, Jubilee said that. I was like, I was like, come on, man. He's like the smoothest, most romantic motherfucker. Yeah. And basically Gambit ended up saying that too. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Um, so yeah, so they're in there, they're in space and they're just having sex all the time. Yeah, that, that's great. I still feel bad for Rogue though, but you know, I mean, she's, she's choosing it. She wants to be with him. And that's great. I hope they can find another way around it that doesn't cause her pain. But it was uh, it was interesting seeing them naked. And I'm sure it was interesting for Kitty to see them naked, too. That was <laughs> very funny. That panel where, like, the video screen turns on and it's her. And she's like, oh, you yeah, guys are, like, Kitty naked. Yeah, Kitty is calling them. And what the fuck? Rogue is like, what the fuck? How did you get this number? It <laughs> has to be important or I'm going to kill you. Yeah, seriously. But, um, no, it, it was. There was, you know, a ship fucking they have to fight the imperial guard over some sort of fucking crystal thing and then we see that the imperial guard has cerise for some reason and they they need this crystal and then fucking rogue gets thrown out into space and then all of a sudden fucking deadpool comes along and swoops her up into his ship and i'm like fuck of course he's got to show up right after they get married they're on their honeymoon imperial guard fucking bullshit and then deadpool shows up i don't know this was a, such a sexy issue and I'm like, Mr. and Mrs. X? More like Mr. and Mrs. Sex? That's a stupid joke. Don't laugh at that. Um, I'm, I'm really upset that Deadpool showed up and, ru- and it's going to ruin this. I mean, I don't think he's going to ruin it. I mean, you know, Rogue isn't going to, you know, fuck him. I know, but um, still. Yeah, I mean, I was just like, after, like, the Imperial Guard showed up, it just seems, like, a little bit confusing. Like, what is going on? What is this package? Is now there, Rogue yeah. just, like stole somebody's power and just like phased yeah. out of the door into <laughs> space and she's just floating in space with this package and i'm just like yeah it was, what? It was really quick 
Yeah, like, and it then was only a couple of and pages. then they were like, "Oh, she stole the power, but she still needs to breathe." I do. I did like the art at first. I felt like it got a little bit too much after a while, yeah. um, especially because like the panel where uh, one of the panels where Rogue and Mystique were talking, and I had the same exact face, and it was just <laughs> weird. Like you know, like I don't feel like everybody should have the same face. Racist. <laughs> <laughs> So that was that was my problem with it. But yeah, I mean, all in all, I thought it was pretty good. Okay. Except the end. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm, I, I don't know. Uh, I, I like this issue. Like I said, it was a lot of fun. I'm confident that Kelly Thompson's going to do a good job. I'm upset about Deadpool showing up, but that's about it. So uh, you remind your kids that if they lie, they destroy lives and get people killed. And that if they have sex... Aliens will attack them and throw them into outer space. Well, we take a quick commercial break. Are you a fan of more than just X-Men comics? I wouldn't know. I haven't left my house in 10 years. Do you also like video games and maybe dabble in movies? Nah, man. The government spies on you and silently judges you when you play video games. I mean, who the fuck are they to? Forget the government. Geekade.com is a website for well-rounded geeks. It's got articles, podcasts, and videos about all different geekdoms from wrestling to television to beer. It's not turning the frogs gay, is it? This guy I know said... Geekdoms of the world unite at Geekade.com. Do you like Facebook? Uh, yeah, we talk on Messenger every day. Do you like the X-Men? Alright, seriously, we've been dating for four years, you piece of shit. Do you not, like, pay any attention? Then you'll love the Facebook page, One Million to Save Wolverine and the X-Men. Show that you love the X-Men beyond just purchasing comics every week and check out the sweet merchandise for sale, plus great artwork and news. Are you really trying to sell me something right now? Listen, it's not all about you, all the... Fucking excuse you, everything is about me all the time. Excuse us, folks. But go check out One Million to Save Wolverine and the X-Men on Facebook today. Okay, so let's talk about some news from last month. Uh, first... Shatterstar miniseries. We're getting a Shatterstar miniseries. Shatty buns. Right. <laughs> uh, yeah. So, uh, so this writer, Tim Seeley, who is apparently formerly a DC exclusive writer, he said, my interest in him now is more in the hard-boiled noir aspects of the character. He's this guy whose life was violence for sport, and now he's trying to move on from that. But it's such a thin thread that keeps him in the new line of lawfulness, and it's an easy one to break. Um, so I don't know if I've ever read anything by Tim Seeley, because I don't really read much or of anything that DC puts out. I'm curious to see a Shatterstar miniseries. I mean, come on, it's a but new... I don't want, like, a hard-boiled Shatterstar miniseries. I want, like... I don't want Shatterstar a... as an egg. I mean, what if that egg gets shattered? And you're vegan. Uh, we don't want to shatter any eggs. I want to see him as, like, you know, the kind of, like, dumb, like, uh, <laughs> beyonder when he first appeared. Like, powerful but stupid. Well, yeah, I mean... And that's, like, the shatter star that I like. Yeah. Alright, I mean, I, I get you. I feel like he's always been sort of dumb, but it feels like more uh, recently they made it sort of, like, silly dumb. As opposed to 90s muscular dumb. Yeah. And I kind of, I don't know. I, I like him stupid dumb. I like, I, don't know, I like the early version, you know? He was just, he was just, he was new to this universe and he was violent and he was silly. I don't know. I like the fucking head condom. Um, <laughs> but I'm, I'm curious to see how this works out because, you know, it's a noir aspect. So it's going to be probably some sort of like 
dark type of shit. And that's going to be interesting because I do want to see Shatterstar, you know, violent. That's how I was introduced to him as a kid. I mean, maybe he will be silly. But still, we can agree that we want to see violence. Am I right? I'm, yeah. Yeah. I was going to say, I'm right. I'm yep. <laughs> I'm yep. <laughs> Do does that what? Okay. Yeah. Uh, so we got some new what if books coming out. Yeah. So uh, I don't know how I feel about both of these. This first one sounds interesting. It's going to be uh, based around Ilyana, your what if magic book. So Leah Williams, we're going to be talking about her uh, again in a little bit. She's going to be writing this one. Um, and she also co-wrote X-Men Gold Annual Number 1, which was great. So this editor said, As much as we all love a character who's been aged up, down, grown up, and under the thumb of demons, watched her parents die, died herself, come back, been evil, been good again, had more power changes than you can shake a stick at, any X-Fan might start to wonder who magic would be in a world where her mutation isn't ruled by these crazy ups and downs. Where she has a chance to embrace her power early and grow from there, this is the book for you. If you like magic, magic, or any other word for all things mystical and mysterious, maybe a little bit murderous, read What If Magic Number 1. So, like, the cover of this makes it, makes it look like she's going to be... Sorcerer so, Supreme. Right. Yeah. That's exactly what I was thinking. So, yeah, that's what I thought, too. Um, I mean, the title What If Magic doesn't make any sense. What? <laughs> like, because, you know, they used to be like... What if Patty... Because <laughs> it, it used to be like, what if Phoenix survived? Oh, you, they're missing a comma. So it should be like, what if, comma, magic? <laughs> Punctuation no, but makes I'm all saying, the difference. It's not, it's not like a, a thing. It's not like a sentence. It's not a thought. It's just like, right. what if magic? Right, that's what I'm saying. What if magic what? A comma makes all the difference. No, they need to add more words to it. No. Like, what if magic... Grew Maddie. up and didn't, like, what if magic didn't go to limbo? <laughs> right. Okay. No, I, I, I understand. I don't think, um, the last time they did a what if series, I feel like was a bunch, it's been a bunch of years now. And they, and they did this similar thing before where they had like, um, like a, a month with like five Wednesdays and they had it exactly like you're saying. It was like some sort of sentence written out. So like, is this, is this the final title? What if magic number one? It is weird. I feel like they should have more there, but I don't think they're going to. Um, I'm more excited for this one than I am this next one, which as of now, anyway, is just what if X-Men number one. Um, <laughs> so stupid. What does that mean? No, but it's not just that. It's welcome to the EXE slash scape, a digital wonderland of business and pleasure accessible to anyone within the social or monetary capital for the biomods needed to log in. I'm not going to read the rest of this. Basically, well, you know, it's like the .exe files on your computer. This this sounds like they're trying to do like a like a fucking like Edgelord Tron. <laughs> Edgelord Tron? Yeah, that's like what Was this... there a prequel that I wasn't aware of? <laughs> <laughs> Edgelord Tron loses the throne and then they have Tron and then Tron Legacy. Yeah. <laughs> and then there's going to the next one's going to be Tron Edgelord's Return. <laughs> You like that? I do. All right. So Cypher has got to be like the most important character in this book. No, right? they don't mention Cypher. They mention, <laughs> they mention you slash Domino, and you, I'm assuming that's supposed to mean user. I feel like this was written 10 years ago, maybe even 20. Maybe a floppy disk drive will show up or something. And the, the life of Biomod Magnate. 
Eric Lencher? What's a biomod? I should ask Matt Much. He's all tech nerdy. But I don't know. A biomod? Well, and he's a magnate. Yeah. Which is close to the word magnet. Right. So. <laughs> so, so he's the master of magnetism. <laughs> so stupid. <laughs> All right. Uh, so, all right. So, so next. that sounds stupid. So next, <laughs> old man Logan is going to be ending in October. Also, the the release date for the What If Magic comes out on Halloween. Halloween, right. which is super edgelord, awesome, love it. Ten out of ten would would recommend. So, old man Logan also ending in October, and so Logan came into this world the same way he's leaving in pain. Right. So, uh... I bet she's gonna die. I bet he's going to get vivisected. Yeah, what? What? I bet he's gonna die. I've been saying this for a while. Old Man Logan is gonna die. They're bringing back 616 Logan. They're not gonna have... We fucking... got we got hot new daddy. We don't need old old man daddy. Old man daddy? Old man daddy. Old man daddy? <laughs> <laughs> Where does the hyphen go in there? Woody is a kind of man daddy. Is it old man comma daddy? Uh, or is it old comma man daddy? It's a man daddy. <laughs> it's a man daddy? <laughs> it's like a mandala, but it's a man daddy. Anyway, back to old man Logan. Yeah, I've been, I've been right about all this shit so far. Promise you, old man Logan is going to die come this October. Promise. Promise. Not that I'm happy to see him go, but we need to make room. But we'd love we... to watch him leave. <laughs> the fuck? Um, all right. So next we've got uh, X-Men Black, which they, they, they teased this a while ago. In the back of the X-Books, they were like, oh, things to come. And it was like X-Men Black. So people were like, oh, this is going to be like, you know, a Black Ops team, like X-Force or some shit. But it's going to be with Magneto. But we were wrong. Yeah. It's going to be a series of one-shots. Right. So it's going to be a series of one-shots on these villains. Magneto, Mojo, Mystique, Juggernaut, and Emma Frost, each star in an issue. Um, and there's going to be an apocalypse backup story throughout each of the the one-shots. The ones that I am most interested in are Emma Frost and Magneto. Uh, Emma Frost is going to be written by Leah Williams who we mentioned before, and uh, Chris Pachalo. I'm so I love him. fucking pumped for that. And I'm super excited that the Magneto one-shot is going to be written by Chris Claremont. I, no, I'm sorry. Go ahead, finish. Oh, I have not heard of the artist, though, Dalibar. I knew somebody named Dalibar. Dalibar. I forgot how to pronounce it, though. I think it was this, the, the, uh, this asshole that I dated. I think his brother... His Maybe this Dalibar. is him. Maybe he's an artist now. <laughs> he's an artist working for Marvel, working for Chris Claremont. Yeah, now. okay. <laughs> Actually, I don't even know what that kid's last name is. Well, it could be anything. And by <laughs> that by that logic, it could be this last name. Okay, so so yeah, but he's a good artist. We've seen his name on stuff before. So I'm not as excited for Magneto, considering it's uh, written by Chris Claremont. And I don't think Chris Claremont um, is quite what he once was. I'm who, curious. Who is what we once was. That's that is not grammar. That is fucking not grammar, Miss Miss. That sentence doesn't make sense. <laughs> fucking bullshit. Uh, all right. No, I I am legitimately though excited for the Emma Frost one shot. Okay. Because this you lady, know, you know why? Because I found lady. I found these this uh, series of tweets of hers on my Tumblr, and it was a series of tweets from 
this author and yeah and um uh her favorite tweet that i saw was that emma frost 100 percent has a clit a clit hood piercing i could see it which yes (laughs) also okay i think that they're super cute uh if you okay if you don't know what that is i don't know how to explain it to you other than it's exactly how it sounds because I posted this image of all of these tweets that she tweeted in this X-Men group that has a very high gay man percentage. (laughs) And it kind of turned into like an anatomy class. And this guy was like, okay, but is the clit on top of the, is it in the vagina or outside of the vagina? And I was like, listen, I don't know how to explain to you where the clitoris is uh-huh. unless you look at a picture you're gonna have to be a big boy and look at a vagina or you'll never know because you know what like i had a general idea of what cut and uncut meant and you know my friends like oh well you know it's the one with the hat the one without a hat and i'm like they all look like they're wearing hats i don't want to see a million pictures of dicks i just want to know what the difference is so you know what I put on my my big girl pants and I looked I looked it up, but it was like a like a drawing that I saw, so I didn't have to I didn't have to see the penis. Yeah, nice anatomy story. Um, and other other tweets that she made are Emma Frost makes me sweat. Yeah, Kitty Pride saying Emma, why are you holding her like that? And Emma cradling a baby goat protectively. It's ugly and needed my full attention. Yep. Do I think she's a villain? No, absolutely not. Do I think she's radically compassionate enough that she's capable of doing whatever it takes to accomplish her objective, even when it means she's going to do bad things? Fuck yeah, bud. Other one is, I don't think Emma Frost was attracted to Scott just because she was a good man. I think she peered down into the root of him, past all the layers of Scott trying, wanting to be good, but when she found an architecture for darkness under miles of good intent, she was like, yummy. Yeah, hell yeah. And that, that's... So that means that Emma has a daddy kink. So, <laughs> no shit she does. <laughs> and that last one got the most likes, according to this screenshot. I don't know, I'm confident in this woman... Uh, writing Emma Frost. That sounds like she really knows the character. Yeah, or at least believes that she does. And or I, at least fantasizes about her clip. And I believe that this that Leah Williams has the potential to really make this awesome. Um, and we're not going to get too deep into this, but what was decidedly not awesome was this most recent issue of X-Men Blue. I was all excited to see what was going to happen between Emma and Magneto, and they just took Emma and they just nerfed her so fucking badly, as if she needed protection. She had her diamond form. If she's saying in the in the last issue that she's not scared of Magneto, then why was she just standing there doing nothing and he basically fucking like choked her and cracked her diamond form you know what would have been awesome if magneto choked me to see emma do anything i would have loved to have seen emma in her diamond form be part of a fastball special with gene with young gene gray pitching that would have been you want to see young gene as a pitcher yes that's fine so who's going to be the catcher emma frost so i would that's illegal i would love to have seen that's illegal Uh, the cuckoos telekinetically throw Emma in diamond form at Magneto. I get I, I get why Magneto is mad. 
It was he's right. It was crazy. He's right to see he him. He should choke me until my throat breaks. Crazy to see him all fucking like doped up and raging throughout this whole issue. But I just I'm, he was hot. I'm sorry. This was so 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 bad for for Emma. The writing was just so terrible for her. And like the next issue, we're gonna see like Magneto with like some future X Men or whatever the fuck. So where does that leave Emma in a fucking cabin in the woods somewhere with the young X Men? Like. It just, it yeah, was and like, so terrible. You know, they don't know, like, I mean, obviously she's not going to die, but I mean, you know, she can't even revert back to her human form now because she's got this big crack in her neck. She's got to wait for it to, like, heal maybe in her diamond form. I don't know. I, I liked this issue. I liked Magneto. I liked, uh, uh. yeah, just kicking the shit out of this bitch. All right, so the biggest news and the one we have the least information on is the new Uncanny Ongoing. It starts in November. I was sitting on my phone just fucking hitting refresh, refresh, refresh on Twitter until I could find something, anything about the announcements at San Diego Comic-Con. And I fucking knew that they were going to have a new Uncanny Ongoing. So now my, my next prediction, they're bringing Wolverine back just in time to lead the new Uncanny Ongoing. So I think that's what's going to be happening when we get this new volume of Uncanny starting in November. Also, I believe this is the longest we've gone without a volume of Uncanny, which uh, it's going to be about a year and a half by the time this premieres. It's kind of sad how this was the longest running volume in Marvel Comics that had not been renumbered or restarted until they decided to end it in 2011 and then had another volume run from like 20 issues. Yeah. For like 20 issues. And then another one run for like another 20 issues and then another one. And now they just keep rebooting it. Yeah. It's stupid. And then putting the old numbers and then putting the new numbers and then putting just fucking shut up. Yeah. Um, you know, it is what it is. You know, I'm, I'm happy that we're getting uncanny back. Um, as, you know, the flagship X-Men title. And I'm really curious to see who's going to be part of the team and who's going to be leading it. But again, my prediction is it's going to be Wolverine. We don't know the creative team, obviously, yet. Uh, my vote is for Tom Taylor and Chris Bachalo or um, Jason Aaron and Chris Bachalo. Tim Taylor. Tom Taylor. Tom- Jesus Christ, Tom <laughs> Taylor. I said it too fast. The- All right, so... Moving on to TV news. Uh, the only thing we have to talk about is the Gifted Season 2 trailer. And I'll, I'll start with you since I know you don't like trailers and I forced you to watch it before you we did. started recording. What do you think? I mean, there wasn't really much to go off of in the trailer. I feel like it just like kept changing what was happening so quickly. Uh, they changed the little boy's hair to blonde. I don't know. The little boy's hair. <laughs> yeah, the boy. Uh, we got uh, Polaris. She's uh, giving birth. There's some new kind of like Magneto figurehead. The lady, Reva? Yeah, yeah. She's um, like leading the inner circle. Yeah. They help her deliver the baby. She kind of, like, loses her shit when the baby kicks and stuff and, like, turns the power off on the entire city and that, then, like, overloads it. That is neat. Yeah, that was cool. Um, I'm just I'm just really excited. So um, Thunderbird is, like, in this fight club and he's, like, you know, sexy and shirtless. So, like, that's a thing to look forward to. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know, it, it looks interesting. Uh, I, I'm concerned for Polaris. I think it is really neat that she's fucking completely shutting down the power grids like that but uh i don't want her to be bad i don't want her to get hurt 
Um, I want her to be bad. Andy, he looks the, the weird with the with Little the blonde. Boy. But yeah, it's not just the blonde hair too. He looks like extra pale now. So like, what the extra fuck boy is going on with him? It looks like we might get the Morlocks because they are literally like underground. It looks like in the sewers. Oh, right, right, right. That, the black guy with the one eye, and we weren't sure if that was going to be like yeah. Bishop or Callisto or male Callisto. I but don't... they've had Callisto in the movies before. Oh my god, they had the stupidest because the only time we ever saw her in the movie was in X Men: The Last Stand, where they gave her super speed. And there's so many problems with that movie, uh, anyway. But. I don't know. I'm kind of curious to see if those are actually the Morlocks and how they are going to help out. The... At first, like the the hood that he had had like uh like black and white like kind of like circle looking things on them like spirals. And at first, I thought that like okay, a black guy in this like you know in this costume, it kind of looks like um like cloak from okay. Cloak and Dagger. Yeah. Obviously, like a millisecond later, I was like, that's not going to be cloak. Yeah, sure. Because he's yeah. in Cloak and Dagger. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I, I didn't even think about who it could possibly be until Jonathan brought up, uh, you know, Bishop or Callisto. Yeah, I mean, maybe we'll get more information on it. I, I don't really mind if, if we don't, but the thing is, it's like whenever they release trailers for this kind of stuff, I feel compelled to watch until I just get so overloaded with trailers that I'm like, oh, fuck, I can't stand it anymore. Just let me see the fucking movie or let me see the fucking show. But, um, no, I'm sufficiently pumped for this season. I am worried, but I thought season one of the show was great, and I think that they just have um, even more room to grow and make this even better in season two. Uh, So that'll do it for this episode of Mutant Musings. Thanks for joining us, and don't forget to leave us a comment on geekade.com, 1 million to save Wolverine and the X-Men on Facebook, leave us feedback on iTunes, and follow us on Instagram at mutant underscore musings underscore podcast. Who do you want to see as a creative team for Uncanny X-Men? And who do you want leading the team of mutants? Are you excited for season two of The Gifted? Join us next time when we'll be talking about new comics and some classic comics. Until then, move over, Bat Cow. <laughs> X-Cow was right. <laughs>